0: Hello and welcome to Scott Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by Sam Atagwile to talk about the Mulati Ensemble.
1: Yes, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming. It's good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you too. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I had a bit of a rough day. Yeah, yeah. You see you're telling us
0: (laughs) about... <gasps> um how you might be getting like low-key scammed.
1: Yeah, by a I got this really fucking weird, weird email from uh not email, letter in the mail, from the Peoria Police Department saying that a car that I didn't total, Anthony total, but um <laughs> last year it was declared a total loss last year in April of two thousand sixteen and I got a letter saying that it was involved in a hit and run on May eighteenth. I literally have never been to Peoria. I have not driven down the highway they are talking about. I was at a voice lesson, so yeah. I have, like, an alibi. You know, it's just very strange, and it's not, like, formatted officially. There's not a signature on it. There's not a license plate mm-hmm. number on it. So I'm waiting for a call from someone else at the Peoria Police Department. So if we have to pause, yeah. forgive yeah. me.
0: <laughs> no, and it's, it's a little... Um, and I hope this isn't uh, potentially scary, but I just think it's a weird time we're living in where we have such a, a powerful, like, information age. And I think we're finally, I think not we, like, I don't think us three are doing this, but I think there are certain people that are finally starting to learn how to access all that information it's and true. how to use it.
1: That's true. Um,
0: And, like, how to search through it and how to potentially do that. And so, like, I mean, there's always been stupid scam emails like like people All well, these
1: irs calls these poor people that the, the quote unquote the irs is calling right. them. this is your final notice blah 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 the irs would never call you and yeah. some people hand You're, over their life savings they called your aunt yeah they called. i'm it. sure they've called me but i have a blocker now on my phone like some people yeah. just don't know and i've read a few stories i read today a comedian like live tweeted his experience like talking to these people yeah He has, obviously, uh, experience with improv, so he, like, improvised this whole conversation. He opened the door, closed the door, like, oh, I'm going to the bank. He did, like, another voice for the teller, this and that. Like, 25-minute conversation talking to Agent Barbara and, you know, Mm -hmm. Officer So-and-so. Like, total garbage. And he was like, let me read the receipt to you. I have the money. It's in the bag right here. And he reads it, and he's like, you are the worst scammer in the world. I cannot believe that you would do this to someone, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy was like, please accept my apologies, and hung up. So when you scam the scammer, not only is it entertaining content for those like myself to read, yeah, but they don't know what to expect, you know. Right, and like I, a police officer did it too. Yeah, I had seen a video of it that like this guy called, you know, it's it's crazy. And so yeah. if you're listening and the IRS calls you, it is a lie.
0: <laughs> hey. Jeez. Well, that and um. The people that go around to apartment to apartment shopping uh, electricity providers. Have you ever had that happen? Oh, yeah. That's happened to me a couple times. And it's always... I've actually... So, uh, I met someone. I worked at a telemarketing place Mm. for a little while, like six months or something like that. And one of the people there had worked for one of those places. And it is just a bunch of people being hired by uh, some electric company... And um, they're just working like any sales job. And they basically pile up into a car, and they go to an apartment building, and they just knock on every door and go, you know, uh, this is the, like, average... They, like, pull random statistics and, like, try to basically shop you on... And I've never looked into the amounts or anything like that. I don't know how much... I don't know to what degree this is a scam or not a scam, if there's someone that's, like, taken up one of these alternative energy providers up on their their thing, but, Mm -hmm. like... It's a little, it's definitely fishy sounding. And anytime someone's ever come up to me, I've been like, I have no. Because the other thing is, sometimes they'll The I've answered the door twice, right? When we, when people have come. With and it.
2: this has happened before. Like, they've, like, knocked on our door before. Yeah. And we were, like, watching TV or something. Right, and, and so they I... They knocked
1: on my door at an old place. I can't remember.
0: I... The guy that came I, the last time... I don't
1: think anything time. came of it. I think we just, like, chatted and I was like, man, no, but... Yeah.
0: yeah. The guy that came last time said that he was from ComEd. And that he like needed to. Dude,
1: don't say anything.
0: He needed to check a meter.
1: Well, that could be. Our meters aren't in
0: in our apartment. No.
1: He like wanted to come in. Oh fuck that. Yeah, he wanted
0: to like and like see. He wanted to see my account information with ComEd.
1: What? Yeah. Okay, that is obviously a scam. Right. Jesus Christ.
0: But like, you don't know fucking some old. No,
1: I know. (laughs) Some old (laughs) lady.
0: Some old lady like is gonna you know be like oh well. Yeah, I guess let me let you look at my. Um, I know
1: it's it's a shame. Yeah.
0: Anyway, sorry to go off on a whole tangent, tangent, but
1: anyway, um, so
2: all of that just to say, Sam might have to take a phone call. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- well, um,
1: TLDR, I have to take a phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the mulati ensemble because yes. it's something that I've never heard of, and um, and it's some, and I, what's cool. is... About that, and I think it's kind of a really fun and interesting, like, like part of the conversation is just like there are so many of these uh, culturally very uh, progressed but also insular um, organizations throughout Chicago, and and so uh, yeah, would you mind like speaking to uh, speaking about Mulati Ensemble?
1: Sure. So uh, the Mulati Ensemble was founded in 2013 by Joanna Ortegon, who is a pianist. Uh, Her sister, Angelica uh, Ortigón, who is a uh, French horn player, Mm -hmm. and a friend of theirs, Carolina Gomez, who uh, is a singer and also plays the cello. Cool. Um, And so they started it as a trio, and um, then Carolina was out of town for a bit, and I started performing with them that... They did their first concert, I think, that summer, and then we did some holiday concerts. So I've been singing with them for a few years now. um, And i really enjoy the experience just because as a classical musician it's just not something that as an opera singer we get to do all Mm -hmm. the time and they're all classically trained instrumentalists yeah um and musicians but they infuse like folk songs with new arrangements and uh do premieres by latinx composers and things like that and just want to you know enrich yeah. Chicago community with that repertoire that is very underserved. How did you find out about them? So actually when I was um, in grad school um, I think Carolina went there also and so she knew someone that was working in administration and um, that person's also a singer. They were originally asked to do those performances in uh, the winter but couldn't and recommended me mm-hmm. and that's how it came to be. It was just a word of mouth thing. Joanna was looking for a a singer and someone gave him my name, so.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I'd love to talk a little bit about the music too, because that's really interesting to me. So it's, um, so we're kind of entering, uh, I'm going to also, I guess, take this out. I was, I wanted to talk more about it later, but I can talk, take this opportunity to plug our own kind of representation project, mm-hmm. which, um, I have really enjoyed, Talking with um, people from different cultures that have taken the time to discover what people are actually composing in other countries, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I mean that's something that I remember um, talking with Cameron Locke about, mm-hmm. um, who we went to school with, who uh, he did his senior recital finding all black composers from different eras, so that I don't know if any like if you, if anybody that isn't familiar with classical singing. Uh, when you're doing your senior year you have to uh do a very specific uh structure of i mean you can do it in different sets or whatever but basically you have to have a quarter something like a quarter of it uh represented in the baroque era a quarter of it uh, the classical era a quarter of the romantic era and then a quarter of it kind of like contemporary whatever um uh modern-ish type stuff (laughs) <laughs> um,
2: I think I did that unintentionally in my senior
1: recital. Yeah. But we didn't have those requirements. Oh, really? Which I appreciated. A lot it, may, it does make for a good recital, but it's yeah. it's like language and time period. Those right. have always been, I think, the, the guideposts yes. that, I've, that I had to abide by. For trying. us, it was just language. Interesting. Yeah. Which was nice.
0: Well, and I, I think it's um, a testament to this conversation that we find ourselves having a lot with people that are making and producing stuff right now. Is um, It's so easy to think that. Um, not the police officer, right? No, it's not. I'm going to check in. I'll check in every time. Um, uh, you know, it's, there's the very common, um, complaint that classical music is all dead white guys. And I think that the common reaction to that from like a white person would be that, well, there just isn't, there aren't composers in other in other cultures, in other
1: that's so ridiculous, and that's a
0: lie. Like, it's just a lie.
1: That's just so ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So I guess my um, my question for you, in with that's that great. all in mind. No, you're totally fine. That reminds me, we got to get more music stands for anyway. That's totally not related okay. to anything we're talking about. You
2: texted me about that. We're fine.
0: Um, <laughs> so my question for you, yes, is um, so the composers that the like for example the Mulati Ensemble works with. Yes. um, Would you consider that because the way you put it was kind of like. They're not. They are Latinx composers, but they maybe aren't seen as classical styles in the like in the mainstream sense of it. But would you say that they're pretty like they're they're just kind of like a Latin developed style of classical music, like
1: so for certain things that they do um, are traditionally folk songs yeah and so you'll get a lot of the audience like singing it because they know it so they they just change the arrangements in terms of like maybe the percut like a lot of it is improvised i think on behalf of the percussionists especially right. um we have a guidepost, but s- certain things of what i sing like i don't necessarily have sheet music for everything i just like learn the words and i learn the tune um huh. there are other things that we do like uh, I, per- I did the Chicago premiere of a couple of pieces by a living composer, Juan David Osorio, and um, I'm actually singing one coming up soon. But um, those are, like, classical art songs mm-hmm. in that classical style. Like, obviously, they're they're new. They're really cool. Right. Um. But that's a specific, you know, he set the text of this poet, like, how you would think that of... Art song, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but ninety percent, I would say, of what we do is old favorites that mm-hmm. they that people know.
0: But they do. They. It sounds like they do try to push the boundaries of classical music to some extent, at least though, which is interesting.
1: I mean, I just think they're. They have the training but they're able to cross it over into this more relaxed mm-hmm. style, if you will. You know, so they're legitimate, like, solid musicians. You yeah. know. They didn't just like teach themselves or anything, you know, they have degrees in music. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the vibe, it's just a lot more casual than we are used to, I think, in traditional western concert. Houses, if you will, you know?
2: I can relate to that kind of vibe with Irish traditional music. There you go. um, Where it's, like, very, very proficient players. Mm -hmm. Like, if you talk to a fiddler, like, they know their shit. There you go. Um, But they unlace and they improvise and they, you know, play with meter and stuff like that. And Mm. it's, you know, and, and so I think that it's... I think it's amazing that, like, that experience is just echoed all throughout the world, yeah. throughout different cultures.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I almost think that uh, it's really American classical music traditions that are just kind of, for a better way of putting it, up their own ass. Like, where It's just like, yeah, yeah. it's not, there, there is this, uh, like, vaulting of the classic, you know, and vaulting of the, like, of the there's like i don't know what it is about our culture that so strongly promotes that but anything that has been deemed classic we then have to uh you know put on a tux eat caviar and and go to a fancy hall to hear it not that there's anything wrong with a fancy hall or anything like that but um
1: i think there's a time and a place yeah for, for all that you know if you want that experience you can find that experience. Mm-hmm. That, if yeah. you want a more casual experience, that is also readily available. Like, yeah. Especially in Chicago, very abundant. Mm-hmm. In yeah. terms of just, hey, you're going to come here. We're going to do sing at a bar. We're going to do this. Like, Well, and in terms of, like, you know, specifically
2: the American classical music scene being pretty stodgy, like, go to see an opera in Germany. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like... nothing traditional there. (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: Well, because it's still alive, you know. I think that, um, I I wonder how, I always wonder how much, uh, like, the language really plays into this. But, like, with opera especially, because it's all in foreign language, there is such an, it's such an easy thing to make it, like, the othering, you know. And so it's easy to... I think when it's uh, a German opera is being put on in Germany and the language so quickly speaks for itself, is easier to play with, like it's easier to do something different with. But because there is the fence to, to jump of, you know, learning how to speak and, and perform German, and then there in that there is the divide between performer and audience of the audience needing to then understand what's happening, there's, I, I wonder... Like, if there is some uh, creativity that gets lost in the shuffle.
1: I mean, if you have a shoddy director. Mm-hmm. If you have a director who's <laughs> not interested in opera. I mean, I feel like one of the previous times I was here, we somebody had mentioned that they were working with someone or had heard about this show, and some director, like, literally didn't read the libretto. hmm you know, like, well, well, of course there's going to be a disconnect, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. But, like, if you read it, even if you read it in translation, you don't have to understand German to sing in German mm-hmm. or appreciate hearing it necessarily, mm-hmm. you know? I think, I think it's a case-by-case pers- a case basis, but... I do, I am a proponent of things in the vernacular, and I'm a, especially a proponent of new music, and we have a, an enormous amount of American or English language repertoire mm-hmm. in opera and in song that, I'm not saying only English all the time, of course, no, right. it's not nearly as beautiful a language to sing in, I, you know, of course not, but to make it understandable, to do things that people can relate to, there's plenty of stories now that are that based on literary works or just, like, the human experience, whatever the case may be. Um, So,
2: Yeah. Now, kind of speaking to, like, you don't have to be a native speaker of a language to appreciate the music, Um, would you mind talking a little bit about, like, (laughs) the type of music that um, can be heard... With the mulati ensemble. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's a lot of dance rhythms, like, um, you know, salsas, bunde, like, things like that. Um, I am a gringa, my grandfather is Cuban, but I do not speak fluent Spanish, um, but I'm a trained singer, so my, people always come up to me at these concerts and speak to me in Spanish, and I feel very bad that I cannot speak, (laughs) and have a full-blown conversation with them, um... It is a shame on my, on my house, but, (laughs) but it's, I don't know what they're all called because I think some of them are specifically Colombian that I, like, they haven't said them or brought it to my attention, you know, like I had said before, some of these I I don't have music for, I'm just like singing the words and, you know, I learned the tune, but like the, not only arrangements, the, the words are not always necessarily set, like, with the music so
2: that's really cool it can be
1: cool (laughs) yes that could be a word for it (laughs)
2: well can you can you talk a little bit about your experience of like because we have such like as singers and as people who work pretty regularly like we all have rhythms we all have ways that we like sit down at the piano or we get a repertoire or like we we learn our
1: music all at once and the thing about this stuff, um, I, since I've been singing with them since 2013, like the end of 2013, um, I, we, we do a lot of the same repertoire, like for oh. me as a singer. Um, so I've, I don't know. I mean, we know a lot, we do a lot of songs and a lot of it is specifically holiday songs. So we're not doing any of those obviously on these mm-hmm. concerts, um, but it's not something that I could necessarily practice on my own. Like when I was first rehearsing with them in the very, very beginning, I had to record everything because I had to be able to hear it. Right. I have to listen to it with the ensemble. Um, for whatever I do have music for, and like, I know where everything sits, like, of course I would right. practice to learn my notes, but ultimately it's... It's like singing a huge ensemble in an opera. Like, you need to do it with other people, you know? You're going to be great when you're by yourself. And then you get in this big group and you're like, "Mm -hmm, what's my... And so when I first started, I was singing um, the first voice on most things. I was singing the melody. I was the only vocalist for a little while. Carolina came back to Chicago and now we do, like, harmonies on certain things. So there are certain songs that... She sings the first voice, I sing the second voice, and, you know, other things right. we swap. Uh, there's a mix of that on these concerts, and um, some that she's just doing solo voice with the ensemble because there was no harmony. or You know, they've written harmonies for certain mm-hmm. things that didn't used to have them, so maybe a couple that she's doing now, at some point we will make one. Um, but they're always, like, something... There's always something new on every concert, even if it's not necessarily a vocal piece for me um mm-hmm. they, they're doing several more just like instrumental ensemble and pieces ensemble pieces um which are really fun and you know yeah. like it's all it's happy music like you can't sit there and be just like a bump on a log. like mm-hmm. you can't be miserable <laughs> yeah. listening to this like fun nice music in spanish which is i love singing in spanish it's a great language to yeah sing it. you know it's just sexy
0: no that's um <laughs> I so I have a couple thoughts that I think are kind of related, and I uh, so I'm just gonna start and get somewhere, um, and I because I wanna, what I want to really talk ride. about is <laughs> when we're talking about cultural music and cultural work, and um and you know uh like for example when you do it in a um a city like Chicago where it is so segregated, um, one of the there is a divide i think and and i i think i was kind of touching on this before um about language but i don't necessarily want to say that it's just language because i'm definitely not one of those people that believes that everybody should learn english if you're living in america you shouldn't no uh, i strongly believe in learning other people's languages um like and I, I think that there are more people that even took like two or three years of spanish in high school than we think like i mean i did i i, I think didn't you did too
2: Ugh, I took two years of Spanish in middle school, and can now say I have a monkey in my pants and the yeah. pledge of the American Pledge of Allegiance in Spanish. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, like I could say like, "Hello, how right. are you?" Oh, I mean, how like, much like, "Does this cost?" Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I, not I could, a full blown conversation yeah. of like, "How is your family life?" Mm-hmm. Like, in mm-hmm. the depths of your person. You know,
0: no, well so I anyway so I guess my point is that um, I think it's like there the idea of being like well I don't speak Spanish so I don't want to go to these events because I feel like I'm not gonna get it like I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong in saying this but I feel like if you after you've gone to a, you've gone to a couple times of it you've yes most because people have a good I was understanding. that person right
1: you know like when I got there I am um... A few shades lighter, and, like, I do look like I would speak Spanish, but not speaking it. You feel like an outsider. Of mm-hmm. course, I mean, everyone is so kind and complimentary and very sweet. Yeah. But it still does take you out of your element. Like, mm-hmm. I felt my otherness by by not being, like, a full-blown part of their community. Yeah. You know?
0: That's the thing we talked a little bit with Lily is about the idea of passing, of the idea of being right. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh, that happens, I mean, a, a lot of people come up. One man, can I tell you, a guy in the library, in fucking Harold Washington Library one day was like, oh, I like mixed girls like you, or something like black-white, blah, blah, blah. And then I have other people come up to me on the street and, like, speak Spanish at me. Right. So, I'm there. I get it. I totally understand it. But Mm -hmm. I'm a fairly light-skinned person. I have not been in the sun recently, you know, so...
0: It, Chicago man, it's hard. Yeah, like yeah.
1: sorry, I need that vitamin D.
0: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I take a vitamin D pill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's Shout smart. out
0: vitamin D D pills. They're great.
1: But yeah, I think I think it's important for everyone to expand their horizons and break themselves out of their comfort zones. hmm Um just in order to get to know the world. Yeah. If we there, there's a fine line between selectively sticking in your community and these are my people and this is my safe p- space and then not even wanting or having any any ambition to reach a, a hand across the aisle and like just mm-hmm. get dip your dip your foot into another
2: yeah. arena
1: you know like I my ex-boyfriend um was Haitian and I would go to his house
0: Sorry, uh, my MacBook's about to die. Oh. Sorry about that. Yeah, so that was kind of like what you were kind of saying was going really well into my next question is just like talking oh, she about... She didn't finish oh, her thought,
1: though. No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, well, I've been the only white person in a room. I used to date somebody who was Haitian and his whole family was. And at first it was just uncomfortable because it was just me, you know? Um, and they were lovely people. But again, just you got to stick it out. You have to put yourself out there and yeah, there'll be growing pains. You know, you're not, if you're always comfortable and complacent, then you're not developing and you're not becoming a better person. You're not learning yourself better or learning the world better. Mm -hmm. Well,
2: and I think that that's an experience that doesn't cross just like, I, I think that it crosses like all cultural bounds because I know that like, when I first met Daniel's family, for instance, which is just like a bunch of Long Island Italians, it was like so, so yeah. different from yeah. my experience of like, like D- Daniel went to a family holiday of mine. He came to Easter and it was very reserved because we're all just like these Irish. Yeah, like, Westerners, Midwesterners. And we all sat around the table and, like, told, like, witty jokes and <laughs> and, <laughs> and chuckled. Political and, humor. Oh, uh, and, and then, like, we went to Daniel's mom's house and she was having a launch party for Roden and Field. For and her sh- business. And we showed up um, yeah. and her... Like, we, we came back to the house and, like, her sisters were tanked and, like... <laughs> and they were like
0: like, oh my god are you maureen (laughs) oh it's so nice to meet you oh my god my long island accent was so bad just then
2: yeah and then like at one point uh one of your aunts or your mom maybe like a combination thereof like took me aside and they were like daniel's a very nice boy oh my do not hurt daniel okay
1: Alrighty. (sighs) yeah i mean listen you experience you put yourself in these situations mm-hmm. in one way or another yeah. mm-hmm. at some point in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you handle it? And do you do it again? Right.
2: <laughs> and the answer and is, do you
1: continue to do and it? And the answer is yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. The answer is yes, every time. The correct answer should be yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, th- well, I think it's interesting too because um, it brings up something that I strongly believe in. It's something I've learned about kind of like getting into and understanding progressive politics generally. Um, you know when you start thinking about uh the dynamic between if you want to call it oppressor and oppressed or if you want to call it majority and minority and whatever you want to call it class structure power structure all these things um you know one of the biggest things is that the uh burden of education the onus of education does should not fall on the oppressed party should not fall on the person who is being um marginalized that's the word i've been looking for this whole time Um, so, but that I think, uh, is an interesting thought when compared to the idea of like wanting to reach out, but then on the other side, like when you have an organization that is very much insular, that is very much working, we were talking about this before we started recording, um, where, um, I just, we just caught the show Dear White People, which Mm -hmm. just came out, which I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. Um. And it's some, one of the things they kind of deal with is that idea of, um, for those not familiar with the show, and I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler or anything. Um, basically, one of the one of the plots is that um, a rich white donor to the college wants to force integrate the like all black dorm, um, and so I think that. But I, the basically what the show made the case for is that. The, um, that dorm needs itself to stay the way that it is because it's, it provides a safe space for the community. It provides a, a furthering of the culture on its own accord. Um, so all of that is to just, uh, my curiosity to you as someone, especially that bridges these cultures and is kind of on the fence of this like educational cultural divide, um, I mean, how do you navigate it, you know? Like, how do you, how do you, as, like, a white person, like, what's the best way to come to an event? I mean, is it, like, sit in the back for the first time you come? Is it, you like know, if, like... if
2: we come to the event, do we, like, should we sit in the
1: back? Should we, like, talk? To, I mean, I like, don't, yeah. I don't think so whatsoever. I mean, if you hear, you'll hear people speaking Spanish, of course, but they all also speak English. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're the assholes. You know, <laughs> I'm like come on. Um, in terms of what you were saying about the show and drawing a parallel in that regard, I think, I think seventy five percent of, you know, they live lives in that community, um, but there's always that quarter of time that you need to like venture out into the world, whether you're going to work or interacting with the bank, tell- bank teller, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, This is one of those situations that they absolutely should have their own dorm. You should have your own community. That is your home. That is your safe space. But a cultural event, like a concert, like music, something that is a universal language, despite the language that it's being sung in, I think, um, it doesn't... I don't think it needs to be such a wall. It doesn't need to be, like, such a hurdle to cross. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> if you want to come, you should come on Sunday at the Chicago Cultural Center at 2 o'clock. And it is a free event. It's a beautiful space. Sit wherever the heck you want. Like, if you want to get up and dance, get up and dance. Oh, like, is there, like, dancing? Yeah, some people will do that. I don't think it's as many people as, like, really want to because people are a little shy. Right. But, like... For the fundraiser for the music school, I guarantee you there will be some, at least the little kids or, you know, right. like, whatever. So, it's a really, it's a very communal environment. It feels welcoming. Even even if you yourself feel like the other or if I feel, you know, like an outsider, quote, unquote, I am not for long because I'm being, like, shoved plates of food or, like, are you hungry? Or, like, you know, what do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? so. Yeah. I just think in general Hispanic and Latin people are like that, and this these these wonderful people are no different at all. Um, so, I uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's nothing. I don't think anything to feel like oh I wouldn't be welcomed there. Um, yeah. At all. Yeah. Like uh, they Joanna and Carolina do. Um, They speak in Spanish and in English to give introductions to the pieces. And Crossing Borders uh, specifically really likes to do, like, PowerPoint, if you will. So there's, like, a projector, and it has stuff information about the composer and, like, where in Colombia this comes from. Um, Like, there's a song we sing, Muy Antioqueño, which is about Antioquia, which is the state that Carolina and Joanna are from. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a funny folk song in terms of, like... Antiochia is the best like God must be from there like that's you know, it's so beautiful and like um, Just a lot of colloquialisms and like traditional cultural like the I forget all the words but like bags and clothing like references to certain things that they have um, so They'll they explain this, you know And then you hear the song and like you don't really care what it's about because like you're having a good time anyway, and you do know what it's about already That they've told you. So then you can, like, appreciate it. I don't think... They don't do translation, like, straight Mm -hmm. up, like, a program of translations or anything. I don't think it's necessary. You know, you get the gist of it. and And that's what it is. Again, it's not um you know, a strict concert, like, hello, you know, Mm -hmm. pingies up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's relaxed and it's just fun music for an audience that just wants to appreciate fun music and it's a free mm-hmm. concert like at the chicago cultural center is know? it
0: in the is it under the tiffany dome? yeah
1: it was oh, last year we performed there last year so gorgeous, I, I
0: think gorgeous it's also spot. Here. so there's a
2: so there's another perform so that you're here to plug two performances basically yeah
1: so so saturday evening at um eliano restaurant which is a colombian restaurant um there's going to be a fundraiser for the orthigon school of music which is Joanna's school kids and adults all ages all skill levels uh voice piano woodwinds strings uh so that was founded in 2010 and then sunday at the cultural center is with the mulati ensemble and another group called crossing borders music collective mm-hmm. which was founded by tom klaus in uh 2011 um and they have built a relationship now with Mulati. And so we collaborated with them last year on a few concerts. Cool. And we're doing it this year too. Um so yeah, it's a lot it's a lot going on. Yeah. I love it. Is there gonna be like similar
2: rep in both, or if you if, if one were to go to both, would it be different experiences? It is a
1: bit different. Um I on on Sunday is a little more um classical oriented, if you will. Saturday uh, it's all of our folksy stuff and, like, things that the audience would most definitely know. Um, and then Sunday, I think there's a couple premieres. Cool. I, I don't know all the specifics of the instrumental pieces, mm-hmm. uh, so I can't speak to those, but um, I do think there's at a premiere or two by yeah. by Latinx composers.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, I, um... This is probably a good segue into... So what I think that, uh, what all of this conversation has, and just kind of generally what I'm thinking about a lot is, um, the, it's very, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It's like in vogue right now for like, uh, I'm going to say white run organizations to uh-huh. do things that are... um
1: quote, cultural?
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing um, inherently wrong with that. But I also think it's interesting to... Try and figure out, like, the best way to do it. Um, I think that's really... I know that's really important to me. I'd imagine that it's very important to people of other cultures. Well,
2: or... I mean, case in point, we are a white-run organization. Exactly. Doing cultural events. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, we, are, we are not... You know, we're, we're doing this whole representation series as part of our yeah. stoppy sessions. Right.
0: So that's something that I... Let's but actually, you've yeah.
1: put people that are of such cultural groups... Really, more in charge in charge of like getting it together. Like it's under your umbrella, right? But like,
0: but like, and in a great way. So this is uh, so Sam is you're actually basically programming and in charge of our Latin night. I am. Which um, it was a it was a fun that
1: was like, oh, I'm doing this. Great. Yes. Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think my my goal was to make that happen, but I also didn't because you're fucking busy as much as I as much as anyone else is. So I was definitely not going to come out and be like. So, I really want to do this. Uh, Can you program and do all the work? Because that would be great. It just
1: honestly came together on its own. Yeah. I reached out to a few people that I know personally Mm -hmm. that are much more Latinx than I am, actually. Um,
0: No, I really think it was a matter of, I emailed you, like, can you just just give me a bunch of ideas? And I was like,
1: yeah, I could do that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and then... Because I already
1: know, I mean, like, I had sought out uh, this repertoire in the past just Mm -hmm. because I really like it. And I'm used to I sing a lot of Spanish. You know, it's a comfortable language for me to sing in, and Mm -hmm. it should be heard more. You know, we know a few sets like that are super standard, but most of the Spanish language repertoire that is performed is from Spain. Yeah, and not nearly as much from Latin America. um, You know, Mexico, Brazil, and all Colombia, all these other great places, Cuba, in the Caribbean, and things. So.
0: Well, so here's my question on this, and because I, I want to get your take on this, because this is something I've been thinking about. Um, this take on trying to do cultural works, um, making it all cult- the, of that culture's composers and of that culture's performers, um, would you say that's radical? And um, should it be... Con- what, like, should that... And I, when I say radical, I mean the extreme. Um, is it, and do you think it should be? Or do you think it that that it is says something bigger that it is or it isn't sorry i didn't mean to like answer the question yeah, you no
1: know. um i i do think that we are taking it to an extreme in my recollection of the many 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 performances that i have seen and heard about and been aware of in any way i feel like i've not seen a program like this before um I mean we talk about things always always comes back to Porgy and Bess Mm -hmm. but Gershwin (laughs) was a white man right Right. So, so so having that music sung by everyone of the same community it is a more special experience yeah I think um I on my senior recital speaking of from undergrad, I did all female composers and I had a female pianist. Yeah. You know, that just so happened that way and she was amazing. But like, singing that is just meaningful to me because they were also ladies. So, right. if you are Chinese, you want to be able to sing Chinese art song. If you're black, you want to be able to take, you know, repertoire from from black composers. Um, and Latinx and all these other things. So, I, it's an exciting thing that we're doing. I mean, I've, Obviously, there's plenty of there is Spanish language Mm -hmm. music happening, but it's people of all cultures singing it. It's certainly not. It's certainly not specific.
0: Yeah, and so that's actually where I was thinking about this is because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with. um, No, because that's wrong of me to
1: say. Oh, then I can't sing German music. I can't sing French music. Like, no, that is absolutely ridiculous. And everything is free space. Everyone should be able to sing in whatever language, wherever, Mm. you know, they want. Mm -hmm. When we were talking before about language being, you know, doing something here that's not in English, I mean, of course, when it's in the vernacular, it's always going to be better. If it's in the vernacular and it's written by somebody that comes from your background or, like, LGBT composer, like, Mm -hmm. whatever, on whatever level you, like, connect with somebody, it's just nice to know that that's out there Mm -hmm. and... Ex- uh, um, celebrate that,
0: right? But even there, it's like a lot of things that are done in Eng- like Eng- doing things in English for a lot of kind of like classical music organizations is pretty rare. I actually think. Um, really. I mean, the, there are fr- more. The thing is, you have to go more to the fringe. You have to go more. I'm, outside I'm of living the box.
1: out on the fringe. Yeah. Yeah. I, think. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just what I tell me personally. I don't know if I'm drawn to it, but also companies that I work with. Right. Tend to be doing English language newer stuff just because they're not even specifically all of them missioned to say like oh we only do new works or this and that. I think it's straight up just because. <laughs> Sorry, the cat. That yeah. is the way they they know that's the direction that opera is going. In order for opera to stay alive, right, and for it to be new and fresh and exciting in the United States, mm-hmm. it needs to be in English. You know, for the most part, like yeah. for the mass audience, unless mm-hmm. you're doing a concert like we're doing. And it's like, this is all Latinx to celebrate the fact that these singers exist, these composers exist. Huzzah! Same yeah. thing with Cam. Like, that's going to be fantastic. And mm-hmm. it's a very special thing. I'm glad it's not being overdone, if you will, because I feel like that would become cliche. And then yeah. you're really segregating it of saying... Only these people can do this. Right. And again, that is not, I don't think, what it should be at all. Yeah.
0: Um, well, and I think the thing that suspect, suspect sorry, I was like, <laughs> this is sus. Um, the thing that's suspect to me is um, that there is so much, and I'm using air quotes, cultural work being done, and it is so... There is such a heavy white hand in it, if there's a better way to put that, I'm sure. But. I
1: mean, again, that just goes back to the industry as a whole. Yeah. It really is. It is still a... a I mean, this is this is part of the reason Praxilla was born, to, to get away from the patriarchy and mm-hmm. the white man and the cis, you know, hetero, maybe not, but white, cisgendered male. Right. Of whatever sexual orientation, but that is still a majority... Of artistic directors and you know right. whoever, so the the quote unquote decision makers, if you will, mm-hmm. Peter Galb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though. So we <clears throat> no, and, and I guess that's just
0: generally my point is that <laughs> I think that those things can exist, but the fact that the that the all the programs of all. Latinx composers and all Latinx performers doesn't exist is a little suspect to me and, and well I, think, I
1: mean it's happening like right. we have more singers that we were talking about and there's more repertoire out there like if it's part of a series then it'll we'll have more and we'll continue to infuse Chicago with it and celebrate those things mm-hmm. but um, it it's a it's a delicate balance between mm. wanting to keep it sacred if, and pure if you will versus like Oh, every here you go. Like now mm-hmm. you're seeing a ton of them. Does it make it as, as special? I don't know.
2: Yeah. And I think that our intention truly is to give like a really authentic, like you were saying, like an authentic and celebratory yeah. experience of. That's like, the only these, way I
1: think of it. Really. These
2: are people like we, we assembled a group of people who have a connection to this culture mm-hmm. and that is the most authentic way to express something as if you have a connection to it. Right. Um, right. And same with, you know, the other cultural representation series concerts that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And my opinion of like, you know, white hands being on these cultural concerts is that like, at
1: least they're trying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah that's, and, that's, and that's not, that's true yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, now there's actually like, we're, you're seeing this shift at least of consciousness an awareness of like, hmm, maybe we do need to celebrate these people mm-hmm. and like, no matter what you look like, you can sing whatever. Well, yeah,
0: I think that there's just a, a a lot of um, there's a lot of mirror looking that needs to be done generally with our world right now, and I, and I mean our country. And I don't necessarily mean to make this a statement about art making in Chicago. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just kind of. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, I've been thinking about it, and this is like a hard tangent, so, so I'm sorry for this. But I've been thinking about it a lot with the um, Paris Agreement that uh, just happened. I don't know if anyone knows about that, but um, pretty yeah. sure everyone knows. Yeah, about that. yeah. We're- but it's this like <laughs> it's overwhelming not- like wave of outrage, and I'm like, of course we should be outraged, and of course it's upsetting. Um, but I, but there's also a big part of me that's not surprised, and I, I think that. It's a it, it's a similar feeling to me when I when Trump was first elected, which like of course it was upsetting. Of course there there was like it was an outrage, but like there was a lot of like, there was a lot of surprise, and I, I almost the thing is like we've had Republican uh, um, candidates that we've run and people have voted for and have gotten too close to fifty percent of the vote for a very long time, and like we have had um, racist like, groups of people um, in America for a very long time, and, and the rural areas, I, and I'm not, like, shitting on the rural areas or anything right now when I say this, but they've been the way that they are for a very long time, and in a way, it's almost, a like, a, a problem of, like, neglect towards those things, and and that's, and so, like, I guess for me, thinking about um, and I, this is almost, like, a way, not, not not a way, but I almost find comfort in this, is that, like, Yes, Trump wants to pull us out of the Paris Agreement, but first off, he's a fucking idiot because it's going to take four years. So like, it's not. I guess my thing is is like, if I, if I were to go deeply into the like, we're screwed, we're screwed. Like, I would, I would not be able to wake up in the morning. And I feel like there are a lot of, there's, there's so much outrage and there's so much like frustration with all of this, um, and that there is a lot of like, what like defeatist like just. How can we go yeah, far? I but was it's like, feeling
1: real rough today. It yeah. was really, really difficult today. We are standing... You know who we're standing with? Syria. Because Nicaragua, although they are not part of the Paris Agreement, it's because it's a protest vote and they don't feel mm-hmm. it goes far enough, which I didn't know until today. So, us and our best friend, Syria. Like, I don't know... I don't know where you were going with this tangent because I can also go on another tangent. I yeah. think we should probably gear it back to what we were talking about, just because this makes me very anxious, and yeah. I don't yeah. have a prescription for any anti-anxiety medication. But boy, Sorry, did I yeah. feel like I needed one today. It was just, it was just really, really difficult. We're an embarrassment to the entire world, and. Um, I'm just really glad as of late, I've been able to throw myself into doing a lot of art and a yeah. lot of music Yeah. in whatever capacity. Like it doesn't necessarily all have an immediate, you know, effect or like mm-hmm. reference to that. But actually another shameless plug, Praxilla is doing an event on Saturday and we're doing a right to your reps event. Where we are writing postcards to our representatives, the good guys and the bad guys. You know, we have to thank those who, like, are on our side. Like, mm-hmm. we're here. We're fighting. Please keep fighting for us. And also the fucking idiots that are driving the world mm-hmm. into collapse at the same time. So we're pairing it with letter-related music and repertoire. Right. So we'll be reading some well-known letters, but also, you know, mismatters on music and, like, things like that. So where we don't want to get complacent it's going to be a series that we're going to do to keep people accountable once every month or a couple months like put on this thing just go to you know whatever coffee house venue we have sit enjoy some entertainment take our minds off of it if we can in that regard but write and make our voices heard because i'm signing petitions i'm doing this i'm doing that five calls blah 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 like it just feels futile Mm -hmm. but yet Of course, social media, for me, is a huge echo chamber. I mean, like, never once has a Trump supporter crossed my fucking thing. And Mm -hmm. if they did, I was like, "Mm mm-mm, nope. And that's wrong of me saying, you know, oh, you have to reach out and this and that. Mm -hmm. Listen, I can reach out if you're talking to me with logic. But when you're reiterating garbage to me that's not true and you're showing me Fox News fucking graphics, Mm -hmm. then I'm sorry. I can't. I can't, I try to engage in a conversation, but I can't because you're not going to listen to what I have yeah. to say that I know is science that I know has been proven.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I hope the man has an aneurysm. That's my hope. Yeah. I will say it. I don't think Kathy Griffin took that fucking picture too far. I don't. I, stand I with Kathy don't. Griffin. I, I totally with stand Kathy Griffin. with Kathy Griffin and I tweeted yeah. at her about it today yeah. because after this whole Paris thing came out, I was like. Mm, bitch, not far enough.
0: Well, so I want to um, <laughs> I want to speak to a couple things that you said because I th- I think that the reason why I, I like had this urge to talk about this is because I feel like a lot of people are feeling the way you're feeling, and I want to say that I've been paying attention in in my like vein of trying to be a good journalist. I've been trying to like pay attention to the geopolitical stage, and um,
1: I just think it's important for any fucking American to be doing that right, right. now. Like, yes, you should because you're trying to comment mm-hmm. on it, but if. I, I used to bury my head in the sand. Yeah. I did. But this election, year, I mean, last year, like, got me fired up, of course. Mm-hmm. I love Bernie, you know? But I haven't f- let it go. Right. It's almost an obsession, which is a fucking problem. Yeah. Because I'm on Twitter and, like, all that shit all the time reading the New York Times and Washington Post and Atlantic, like, mm-hmm. refresh, refresh. Right. right. It's, a, it's, I need help. But everybody. Needs to be doing that. Y- everyone yeah. needs to be at least reading one fucking article a day. With mm-hmm. all the news that happens, fine. But read one article a day, top to bottom. Not just headlines. Not just headlines, not just op-eds that agree with you, that you fucking can tell, which mm-hmm. I love, of course, but at the same time, but you you thing, can you have read, to you read, read journalism.
2: You you can read one, you can read as many think, think pieces as you want, but yes. you also have to read an actual article news. News. with citations mm-hmm. like
0: Well, so here's the um here's the a couple things that I that I that I've gathered from that is the first thing is that what we're recognizing politically with Donald Trump is that he has now hit the bottom of his like polling floor. There no no president has you know, ever I been I looked at the Gallup poll today and he supposedly
1: has 41% today. You heard 32?
0: So what my point is is for a while I he hope was at 32 so. and he you basically you can't really there's a point there's like a basically like a polling floor yeah that that's happens. it oh yeah for yeah. sure for sure and for it's sure. about there and i think it's important to remember that there is always going to be people that will stand with him because that's the way that the that politics goes you
1: have to think that only a quarter of americans who are of eligible voting age mm-hmm. voted for him right half of americans didn't vote more than you know what i mean so yeah. more people voted for hillary a quarter like 24 26% mm-hmm. whatever voted for him so that is his floor for sure
0: right there are people
1: that are just like i lost my health care but i love you
0: right well so that was what i was gonna so the thing that i wanted to say is that that's why it's so important like things that the practical feminine is doing is keeping vigilant and keeping true because there will always be people that will support him and i'm but on the other side of that i want to say that the other thing that's going on geopolitically is that there is a european Refle- uh, reaction to what is going on right now. Obviously, in French, uh, the nationalist uh, Le Pen wasn't elected. Um, in Germany, the week after they had Donald Trump visit, they had Barack Obama visit to speak and and speak on American interests and what's going on right now in Britain. Um, there, they Theresa May. I don't know if anyone knows this called a snap election. And so what that means is she basically was like she's the current prime minister. She replaced David Cameron. Um, and so two months after she called this election, they're having an election that's on June eighth. Uh, and really, yes, and sure. that's that's how that works in British politics is insane, but. But so they just closed registration a few days ago in Britain, um, and Jeremy Corbyn is within, is within five percent of the vote, which is a huge deal because before he was polling at like ten or fifteen percent when they first started. But once people actually started, they like. They like quote unquote leaked his manifesto was for he with Britain. The labor party? He's yeah. with the labor party.
1: Yeah, he's the, the labor. He's part- part- the head of. Okay, the labor I thought party. so because I, I had seen uh, I think like Vice was doing something right. on it. And like they had been really struggling, so I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, they're we, killing it. We like them. <laughs> no,
0: the um, Jeremy Corbyn is left as fuck yeah. and is a fantastic and so. But the thing is that there is this interest in leftist thinking and leftist ways, um, and I, I think that that is really um, heartening for me at least and and you know my point here is is uh, it's really easy to go like well now Donald Trump is making giant mistakes on the geopolitical stage and it's like I don't think necessarily that's what like geopolitics is so much more the long game and because of the nature of the American it presidency is, but my
1: God, how do you run if you've shot yourself in the fucking foot But the thing is he harassed them all yeah. about NATO yeah and fucking was like you're fucking idiots when this moron like i just i can't well, i can't i the just thing is, we are living in the upside down yeah. and like <laughs> yeah some he has to die right i mean he's not a healthy person
0: there a lot of people are claiming dementia now there's a lot of conversations to be had but the thing that i think is really important is like the nationalist threat that we've had since all what's been going on in the middle east um, is something well? That's Europe been happening has for a really while. woken
1: up to it. I yeah. mean, like they—they yeah. they yep. were scared shitless enough. I mean, I like Macron. I don't have a problem with him. I don't think I, I'm left, but I don't think you have to be incredibly left to run a country that cares about its citizens. You know, he's pretty centrist. Yeah. yeah. Um. It. But we have tilted very much the other way. Yeah. Very much. Very quickly. Yeah. I, he wants to uh, chill out. All the, all the openings with Cuba now and these birth control restrictions, which yeah. I hopefully I don't think I, will affect me. I don't work for, for a religious organization or anything, but they'll affect lots of fucking women, mm-hmm. you know. And the whole stupid distraction tweet is to keep us from paying attention to People these People need to things. stop like, talking
2: about Cove Fefe or whatever like, the fuck. I don't
1: care. Ha ha, but enough yeah our president's
0: dumb great we get it right move on to like the things that he's actually doing that we're gonna need to remember what's going on with our investigation
1: we need to Mm -hmm. we need to to get to the bottom of these things and i hope i hope i hope he's gone before the end of this year i just i i don't see how this how this person can still i mean i know impeachment is a long a long game it's death resignation impeachment or the 25th I mean, maybe they'll start invoking the 25th. Maybe they'll start realizing part of me that, that hopes, he's really... Oh, sorry. You know, but...
0: There's part of me that hopes he does, that he doesn't get impeached because I think he's easier to uh, vote against than Mike Pence. I, I think, don't think
1: he's easier to vote against than Mike Pence. You'd, I think more, more conservatives certainly would vote for Mike Pence than support Trump. Yeah. But we're just... Ultimately, it's going to come down who's on the other side. Yeah. Because if we don't have a charismatic... Youthful, personally, I think you know. If we
0: fucking run Hillary again, I don't. No, 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 I don't no, no. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I a don't. I don't think
1: call. that's gonna happen. I think she learned a lesson. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway. Uh, wow. Cool. Side well, note, guys. No, Thanks and I'm sorry. Well, I really wanted to talk about it because I think it's I. For me, it always makes me feel. A little it's an enormous to just, part like,
1: of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's a and part it, of. And it used to not be, but like checking the news and being informed is like integral now to who I am as a person. And I just think everyone needs to be vigilant. Like when we talk, you know, hashtag the resistance, like it's not a fucking joke. Like inform yourself, you'll be angry. Mm -hmm. And you'll want, you know, the truth will eventually set you free. Like make your voice heard. If enough of us, you know, in other countries in South America and Europe, they'll fucking protest things. Like uh, where was it? It's college tuition in Chile. They take to the streets. In masses. Venezuela not like, right oh now. my God, six weeks of planning, like Facebook group oh, No. They're out there. College is too expensive, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people. And, and Americans are just so we have this regimented work schedule mm-hmm. and all of these kinds of things that we're not we're a very puritanical country. It that's how we came to be. And there's obviously threads of that. Look at who is in the White House. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, um, not cool. But we have a couple minutes left. Farthest from cool. Um, So (laughs) what I'd love to do uh, for those of you who've been listening uh, to our show for a while, know that the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Uh, Sometimes it's very obvious like performances with a dope uh, um, ensemble uh, or letter writing campaigns with performance involved uh, for another dope ensemble or any, you know or just, you know, you can talk about favorite TV shows, upcoming um, All right,
1: well, I have character. a lot, so I'm going to go just, like, a quick yeah. boom, boom, boom. So, Saturday, this Saturday, June 3rd, at 3 p.m., Smack Dab Bakery on Clark. Um, Praxilla Femina, write to your reps, write postcards with us, let your voice be heard. Later that evening, uh, the Ortigon School of Music is having a fundraiser. Uh, tickets are $20, you get a free, uh, you get a meal, and listen to fun awesome music and maybe dance and then sunday um is the event at the chicago cultural center mulati ensemble with crossing borders music collective that is at 2 p.m and then actually at the end of the month i'll be singing with third eye theater ensemble and their creacion de musica um event uh as a fundraiser for um with blood with ink which is their show this fall um so we are performing all latinx compositions And that is uh, the 23rd, which is a Friday at 8 p.m. at Nightcap.
2: At Nightcap, who we love. Friends
0: of yours, yes. Cool. All right, well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson.
2: I continue to be Maureen Smith.
0: If you like what you've heard today, there are a lot of ways that you can keep up with us. The first uh, and most important, probably, is heading over to scoffymag.com. There you can read our articles. Uh, You can also see a list of our ten most recent episodes of the podcast um otherwise uh i would also uh recommend checking out our facebook page that's scoppy magazine Uh, over there we just announced um our uh first five six performances of our scoppy sessions scoppy sessions is what we're calling our live performance uh series generally um and so what is going on for that is the first Tuesday. Uh, actually, so it's basically every Tuesday and Thursday from June until August. there will be one week where we'll be, we'll be out of town. But besides that, uh, every Tuesday and should, Thursday...
2: But you should still go to those places. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so the first Tuesday is going to be June 6th. We're doing the 24 Italian Songs and Arias concert there. Then June 8th, we'll be performing... For, I, we won't be. But we'll, we have people performing for Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Uh, June... 13th, we're doing a Rossini songs recital. June 15th, we are doing a Rossini chamber music recital with um, uh, a a performance of Anthony Perez's Beata Tweets. Uh, And then on June 20th uh, is She After, a a new work that's really awesome and uh, is going to be a really cool thing that is performed by Emily Cox uh yeah so it's really exciting i want to say um if you can right now uh please mark that uh you're attending or are interested in these events um you know, on the last episode, I complained about Mark Zuckerberg a lot. And so I have a feeling that he heard, or someone that works for him heard. And like, he, I just imagine he, he searches. With your yeah, yeah, he fucked my algorithm. And so, like, I've, I've invited like 400, 500 people, but like only 20 people have replied, which is like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So if you can, please mark that you're going. I think it, it'll help us get more people to know about the events. Cause I feel like the only people that know about it are like the 20 people I've already like bothered so much about it. Um, so if you can. Please mark that you're going. Please share the event. It means the world. Um, Otherwise, uh, if you want to keep up with us on other social media, you can head over to Twitter and uh, Instagram at scopymag for both of those.
2: Um, And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. Uh, We are putting on a shitload of performances, and we have not a shitload of money. Um, (laughs) So if you would like to help us make this happen, um, there are actually a couple ways that you can do that. We're going to be accepting donations at all of our performances. Um, We're going to have some sort of festive, some sort of hat that you can put money in. Um, Also, um, we have a PayPal and so if you're there and don't have cash but still wanna don't you know throw us a couple bucks, you, you know, at some point in the show we'll be like, Everybody, take out your phones and pretend to open PayPal or actually open PayPal and mm-hmm. just make us think you're doing something or I don't know. Pro- we probably won't do that. That's shady. But I um we will at some point, you know, make some sort of spiel about how we need money. <laughs> um mm. Ugh. So, um, or you can donate right now in anticipation of us needing money in the future go to scopymag.com. head to our about section you can either become a monthly subscriber like our friend Sam Adeguile yes, um, or um, you can do a one time donation in which case we'll uh, you know contact you and thank you cause you're great and you deserve it uh, so yeah Give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share.
0: Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something.
2: Yep.